Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Outside Perspective. I'm your host, Adam Meredith. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome. Thank you for joining us. If this is not your first time, welcome back, homie. Good to see you. Real quick, if you are listening but you're not subscribed, do me a favor. Go back and hit that subscribe button. Also, leave a rating, leave a review, like it, comment, share it. But more importantly, tell a friend. If you could do that, that would mean the world. So, thank you in advance. This episode is brought to you by my friends over at Jombo Superfoods. Go to Jombo CBD and check out their full line of products. CBD is an amazing compound. It has been shown to have a ton of health benefits, and it is an adaptogen. So what does that mean? It means it is going to help the body reach homeostasis. The, the body is always trying to find this place of balance, and there are certain things that we can do to aid in that process, and CBD is one of those things. So what what are you having problems with? Are you having issues sleeping? Are you having some sort of autoimmune response stemming from inflammation? Are you just suffering from pain? I personally use CBD on a daily basis. I use it before bed. It's a regular part of my recovery protocol. Um, there's a muscle bomb that Jombo makes, which I absolutely love. By far one of their best products. It comes in a 100 milligram and a 200 milligram extra strength with menthol. And uh, I love putting it just on anywhere that's sore, putting it on my joints. It's been game changing. So go check out their full line of products. It's all high quality ingredients. They send everything to a third party uh, laboratory to be tested so you know what you're getting. You can go to jombocbd.com today. Use the code OUTSIDE at checkout and you will save 20% off of your entire order. So one more time. You can save 20% off your entire order when you go to jombocbd.com and you use the code OUTSIDE at checkout. All right. Go check out my buddy's podcast, The Why Not Podcast with Justin Bricker. Uh, Justin's been on the show a couple different times, and he's sitting down with some pretty awesome humans. He's having some great conversations, and I enjoy uh, listening every week when he drops an episode. So Go check that out, the Why Not Podcast with Justin Bricker. My guest today is John Duver. And first, I want to say thanks to John for rolling with the punches. And for all the listeners, we had a little bit of a, I don't know, a little technical snafu, if you will. For some reason, this we started getting this high-pitched noise. It happens about... Uh, 11 and a half minutes into the podcast and it lasts for I'd say like five or six minutes by about minute 18 it should be completely gone and there's no issues so um, you know we, we worked through it. it these things happen I'm not quite sure what the issue was but uh, I definitely apologize about that to all the listeners just bear with us and we'll get through that uh, John was definitely a trooper so like I said John is a fucking badass he is the president of vinyl images and design he's a professional rapper and no not the kind who's out there making music he's out here rapping cool shit he's rapping helicopters and trucks and cars and just completely crushing the industry he's a world champion uh in this industry but he's also a high level uh fighter he's a fantastic 
uh, combat sports ref. He just has a habit of greatness, and uh, it was a real pleasure to sit down with with somebody uh, with somebody who has those type of standards. So, really enjoy this conversation. Check it out, guys. John Duver. All right, John Duver, we are locked and loaded, my friend. Awesome. So great to sit down with you. I'm glad to be here, man. I'm glad you're here. Yeah, dude. So um, I'm going to end up kind of repeating some of what I already said. No worries. Just for the listeners. Me too. I, w- I wanted them to hear it. So I'm really excited to sit down with you because, um, like I said, you're that you're like that silent operator. Um, you're just constantly killing it in your space. But I feel like nobody knows. <laughs> um, I first found out about you just through like fighting years back. Yeah. Um, and I feel like the same traits that make you successful in like athletic endeavors easily translates to any other part of life. Without, without wrestling and MMA and all that stuff, I would never be anywhere I am in business without uh, question. So let's start there then. Um, so take me back. So what was your start as far as like athletics and like second grade started wrestling? Okay. You know, I uh, just really enjoyed it. You know, I, I had a friend of mine, Todd Sorter, that was uh, that was a wrestler in first grade or something. And, and I was like, dude, that's awesome. Yeah. And I played soccer with him, which led to wrestling. And I wrestled all through elementary school, middle school, high school. Yeah. And then uh, got out of wrestling and missed that that team aspect. Yeah. So I just started fighting. Okay. Yeah. That's a very natural transition. That's <laughs> yeah. pretty much what I did. I found that wrestling has completely, it, it really, um, it set the tone for like my mentality for the rest of my life. Dude, it's mental fortitude. It's, it's being able to dig deep when you don't ha- when, when you have to, you know what I mean? Yeah. Getting your ass kicked every day Yeah. and then going back in the next day. Yeah. Knowing what you're in for. Right. You know, like that's insanity on the level. Dude, it's day in and day out. It's, you know, even as like a little kid, it's like every day. Yeah, it doesn't end. Um, yeah. I I think back to one of the uh, the hardest wrestling practices that I ever had, and um, it was in that moment that I realized that like the the human body is capable of far more than um, we've been kind of led to believe. But it's all unlocked, like through the mind, like it, it's just like the mental fortitude that it takes. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. I actually went to. Um I went to, sorry about that. No, you're good, bro. We're in an operating <laughs> business. Things happen. Yeah, we're, we're in my office today. Um, I actually went to uh, to lunch with my, my Little League wrestling coach, Aaron Anion, okay. Aaron Anion Sr., um, like two weeks ago, and we were just talking about this, you know, because I, I, I travel around and I teach, and I, every time I teach, I always ask if there's a wrestler in the room. Okay. Because, you, dude, you connect with people on a different level. Yeah. If if you know that they've kind of suffered the same yeah. hardships as you and and that's wrestling yeah man um i look back and uh, i feel like there there are some decisions that you can kind of uh you can you can pinpoint and be like all right that was a very defining moment in my life and for me it was definitely deciding to wrestle yeah Um, i only did it just to get better at football and i ended up being better (laughs) at wrestling than football anyway it's funny that you say that because the decided like so the defining factor of my wrestling career I was on a I was on a team of studs. They're okay. a bunch of killers, you know. Yeah. The Kepharts and Sorter and and Sean Gethin and Donnie Reynolds and all these people that were just they were Savages. monsters, dude. So they would always win the first two matches and be in the finals, right? Okay. And then I would sometimes lose my second match, so I had to wrestle back. Yeah. And dude, I, they didn't have to wrestle and wrestle back. They were sitting there taking a nap on the stands. Yeah. You know? So I was like, dude, screw it. I'm not losing any more matches. <laughs> and that's literally like the turning point in my mind where I was like. 
all right, I'm going to start winning. Yeah, like in that moment, you decided. <laughs> I was dude, jealous. Dude, wrestlebacks, that's a hard road, man. Yeah, it is. I mean, it you is. end up having twice the amount of matches as everybody else usually. Yeah, for sure. Nice, nice, nice. So what – okay, so you decided to uh, to start fighting because you just kind of had that urge, right, to compete? I, I did. You know, um, I was I was kind of a shithead kid, man. I, I got into a lot of street fights in high school. Like I didn't get in my first fist fight. Like I got punched in the face a couple times when I was like in you know elementary school. You yeah. Know what I mean, but I never got into a fist fight until I was a senior in high school. Okay. And I just really liked it. Like I, I liked that competition. I liked someone really thinking they were going to whip my ass. You know. And I yeah. was like, okay, well, that's fun. You know. And <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> And then wrestling ended, and I, I miss that camaraderie. I miss that brotherhood. I miss yeah. that, uh, you know, the the sweating, the crying, the holding each other up and bringing each other up and making sure everyone's good and just yeah. the brotherhood feeling of it. And I lived out in Pacific at the time with my mom. I was like 21, something like that, 20, 20, somewhere around there, 20 or 21. And I, I lived with my mom out in Pacific, and I kept driving by 21st Century Self-Defense every day. Yeah. Every day. I'd, I'd drive by there, and there was people sitting on the curbs, sweating, crying, hugging each other. And I'm just like, dude, what am I doing? Like, I like fighting. Yeah. I thought. I thought I was good at it, you know? Dude, from what I remember, you were good at it. Well, not when I first freaking started, man. Oh, that was when the most humbling experience of my life. <laughs> I go in. I go, literally, I, I stop in. I finally stop in to talk to Benny Voiles, and I'm like, listen, here's my story. Been a ton of street fights. Never lost a street fight. Like I'm, I'm, I wrestled. I, I can do this. You know what I mean? He's yeah. Like, well, it's about five o'clock. You know, practice starts at six thirty. It's like I'll see you then. I'm like, all right. I go in there and just got my ass whipped for a solid year. Okay. I mean, it was the most humbling experience of my life. Like yeah. To, to go from like just a rough street fighter that would ground and pound people yeah. to like have to learn the sweet science of boxing and kickboxing and like how yeah. to hold your hand. Like everything about it was super weird to me. But it was it was just one of those things. I, I showed up that day and I didn't leave for like six or seven years. Yeah, man. It's um you know, you how many guys walk into the cage? Yeah, bro, I fucking I fight in the streets, bro. You can't you can't <laughs> <laughs> I don't train. Yeah. I don't train. I don't train. <laughs> but yeah, I remember whenever I started fighting and um I got this feeling well I knew I knew that I would get better. It was just inevitable. Like you put in the time and you'll yeah. get better. And that was something like I learned like back with wrestling, just that whole process of getting better. But um, I can remember feeling like I was never going to get better at striking. I'm like, every time I threw a jab, I got hit. Every time I threw a jab, it's just like, fuck, man. Like, I'll never get good at this. Dude, I would look for any excuse in the world to not come on sparring days. Like anything. <laughs> oh, I got a flat tire. Like, no, I had a little bit of low pressure in my fucking tire. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, didn't wa- I didn't wash my, 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 my whatever, my wraps or whatever. Yeah. You know? I'd look for any excuse. Yeah. I was getting my ass kicked, man. Dude, it's no fun. If it was MMA practice, it was fine because like, I could out-wrestle people. And yeah. I was stronger than people, you know? But if it was the sweet science of boxing and kickboxing and karate, it was just like, dude, I'm, I don't like getting kicked in the face. No, dude. It's no f- <laughs> That's one of the things I tell people about MMA. Um, it's, you have more ways to defend yourself. Yeah, it's, it can kind of be more brutal as far as the ways that you have to like get hurt. But compared to like boxing, boxing is far like worse on your brain. 100%. You have no way to really defend yourself other than like you can have some good head movement, but if you're just not that good or you're, totally you're tired, agree. you're just a punching bag. A punching bag. And that's the most frustrating thing in the world. Like I would go to practice and just get beat up and be so frustrated. I'd sit on the curb and cry, dude. Just yeah. Like so frustrated just to get – when I first started, Justin Lawrence was a little kid. Yeah. He would beat the fuck out of me. Yeah, he was like, and he was like a little kid. Yeah, and he would seriously beat the shit out of me. And I'm just like, 
what is going on? Like, why am I doing this? Why am I doing it? I, but I knew I was going to get better. I knew at some point that, that yeah. I would be able to at least defend myself. Yeah. At least get some head movement, some, some hips, you know, like. Yeah, so man. It was, it was, it was humbling. But yeah, that's, that's how the MMA game started for me. And it just kind of, it went from there. Yeah. How long did you fight for total? Um, I, I want to say it was about seven years. Yeah. So I started at, you know, as an amateur, right. I won a, I won a, a, a Midwest championship, like a, you know, a, um, uh, it was ISCF MMA. Okay. And then I won a, a United States championship and then I won an amateur world championship nice. for the ISCF MMA, um, at 155 pounds. And then I was two weeks away from my professional debut and I was diagnosed with heart, heart disease. So okay. I, two, two and a half years ago that, that I had to retire. Like, so right. basically my cardiologist said, Hey, you know, you can fight for six more months, but it's going to get worse and you're going to need open heart surgery. I sat down with my wife and we just talked about it. We're like, why do I do it? Why start it? You know right. what I mean? Because I'll be two and oh, three and oh, two and one at that point. I'll just be getting the bug again, Yeah. you know? And I truly believe everything happens for a reason. So we took it. I cried for six months. You know, it was the hardest thing in the world. I don't like being told what to do. I have a serious problem with authority. Yeah. And to be told what to do, like you have to stop doing what you love, dude, it was the most painful thing. Yeah, man. I mean, to not be able to, to feel that, like that physical competition urge. Dude, it yeah. Was hard. I can, I've, I've actually kind of gotten to the point to where like, I kind of naturally transition, like transitioned out of wanting to do that, but I couldn't imagine just like being told like, boom. Well, I can, at the I, top of your game. Like yeah. I was at the tip top of my physical conditioning. Yeah, tip man. Top, I was just, I was just starting to like really listen to my coaches and like. You're putting people to sleep, dude. Dude. I remember. Ah. Uh, it was hard. It was really hard to do. But, you know, that transition, you know, everything happens for a reason. Like I said, that transition to the refereeing and, and, and just other other avenues. And I could really concentrate on business. Right. So is that why, okay, so you, you stopped fighting, um, you know, obviously had a very successful amateur career, open heart surgery. What was, actually, what was the recovery like for that, dude? How long? The open heart surgery, so it was two and a half years ago, and, uh, the hardest part of that open heart surgery yeah. was waking up that morning and making the constant decision to go to the hospital to get the surgery. Yeah. That was the hardest part. You know, my, I had a two-year-old son, two-and-a-half-year-old son at the time. My wife was pregnant with our second kid, um, and I knew I had to be recovered by the time my second son was born, you know? But there's a mortality rate, and it was freaking scary, dude. Like, it, yeah. was the, it, was, it was the most scary thing I've ever been through. I mean, they're breaking open your, your Oh, yeah, I mean, sternum. it was open. Like, yeah. they, they opened full sternotomy, opened me up, repaired my aortic valve. Uh, I have what was, I have, and I had what is called a bicuspid aortic valve. Okay. So it's basically like your aortic valve looks like a, like a Mercedes emblem or a peace sign. Okay. And it has three parts called cusps. And mine is just basically a circle cut in half. It has two. It's oh. just a, it's a hereditary thing. And mm. I didn't, there's people that go their whole lives that have it that don't even know. Yeah. But I don't know, for some reason I was pushing myself pretty hard for a very long time. And, yeah. and that, it just gradually got worse and worse, which required surgery. Yeah, that would make sense. Especially because, so the, in the time that we were training, like the more I've learned about training, um, that whole idea of just like, go, 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 go. Like, <laughs> it's, it's, like, not it's not really good for you. <laughs> no. It's not very, very sustainable or, no. you know, it's not good for longevity. No, but not at all. Dude, when we were coming up, like that, you just went harder. Like, hard. That's all you did. Just go hard. Like in the training room, you're just banging. It's 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 much more refined nowadays, which is good to see. Yeah, absolutely, know? absolutely. And um, so you you made that transition into into refing. I imagine just to be around the sport. Well, I started refing. Um, Steve Berger and Tony um, Biondo. They did Jiraiya Cycles Fight Series over in Illinois. Yeah, and. Uh, 
And Tony, I think Tony called me or maybe it was Steve that called me and said, hey, you want a ref? And this was when I was still fighting. And I was like, well, hell yeah, dude. Like, yeah, you're going to pay me 200 bucks for a night and I get the best seat in the house. I'd I'd be there anyway. Hell yeah, dude. I'm there, you know. And uh, I was so bad. I sucked so bad at first, but I I got bit by that bug and I I wanted to be. I want to. I still like I'm actually getting back into refing, um, getting back into refing on uh, this Friday. Yeah, I saw that Shamrock, yeah, right? Finally, I'll be there. Yeah. You hear fine. that? All right, we'll keep working through it. Yeah, no problem. Sorry. So All the right. refing, I, yeah, I, you, got, you know, you Steve and bug. Tony called me and said, "Hey, you want to ref?" I was like, "Hell yeah!" You know, and then just, I, I just gradually started refing more and more and more. I stopped fighting, and I was just like, "I have to be." Can I like you get bit by the MMA bug? Like, like you've gotten bit. Like yeah, I've gotten bit. You got to be a part of it, man. Yeah, and I'm a horrible judge. Like a horrible judge. Like I'm refing and I'll I'll sit with the judges and I'll watch them and they're like, What do you score that? I'm like, Oh, it's like nine, ten, this guy. They're like, You are a freaking moron, dude. It was eight to ten this guy. Really? <laughs> yeah, I'm such a bad judge, it's crazy. So the the refing just kept coming natural. Because I would have judged, you know, if I was decent at it, but I wasn't. I was well you're a fantastic ref. I appreciate that, man. I take it very serious. Yeah, I yeah. I can tell like yeah. I mean like from from the time like you uh you lead the meetings in the back, you know, prior to the fights, you're very clear with like your communication. You give everybody like very yeah. detailed like uh instructions. And then whenever you're in there, dude, um I always felt very confident whenever like you were my ref. I appreciate that. I really do. I get that a l I get that from a lot of fighters, you know. Like yeah. if I I don't know. I, I just know what it feels like to get kicked in your face and your feet go numb. You yeah. know what I mean? I know what it feels like to get choked unconscious and be on the level of being choked unconscious and not being unconscious. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I get it. And I, I you know, I, I'm still learning. I am. And um, I'm getting better every single time I step in a cage. And that's yeah. just the bottom line. You know, I, I, I want to continue to learn. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a student, man. Yeah. Well, also on top of the fact, um, since you've been in there, I feel like um, you allow guys to actually work. Dude, I'm I I get it, I I I just I get it. I understand. I know what it's like. I I can see. I can look in someone's eyes and see how they're doing. Yeah. If they want to quit, I know. Yeah. If they want out, I know. If they're winded to the point where they can't even function, I know. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I just I've been in that position. Yeah. So. Did you watch that? Uh, did you see the the Robbie Lawler Askren fight? I did. What I did. I have to go with Herb Dean on that. Yeah. Um, it's the spur of the moment thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. I really do. If because I actually was watching that fight live at my buddy's house, I stood up and I was like, "He's out! He's out!" Before Herb called that. Okay. Because in my from my view of it, Herb grabbed his hand and his hand dropped slightly. Like you're talking about unconscious and conscious. And if you in hearing Robbie's defense of it, well, like, what am I just going to hold my hand up? Like, I get that, but yeah. I, I got to go with Herb on that, man. Yeah, man, because I can, I totally see Herb's side on that. That was a very tricky situation because he checked his hand, and Robbie said he gave him a thumbs up, but he kind of, like, gave him, like, this half thumbs up, like, going with. As his with, hand's going yeah, down. Yeah, like, yeah. with the momentum. Yeah. Like, there wasn't this thing here. <laughs> it's like, you have to be clear. Yeah, and you do. You, if you're not, then, like, I mean, he's just trying to protect his, his brain. Dude, I look at it as life and death, man. I, every single time I step in that cage as the third man in the cage, I look at it as life and death. There's, I, I just take it so seriously. Like, if your brain is without oxygen for one second, yeah. too long like that's a serious thing man if that happens over and over and over again in your career it's going to add up there's no history or there i'm i'm you know not that i know, i'm aware of there's no reports that 
that say that, but it's, it can't be good. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you know what I mean, dude. Yeah, I mean, we have you know we, we're learning more and more about like CTE and and tra- uh, you know traumatic brain injury and different absolutely. things, and um, that was one of the things that really. Um, helped me like kind of make my transition out is I just started worrying about my brain entirely too much. So yeah, just being deprived. Make you shy. That'll get you hurt. Dude, it really will. Yeah. Yeah, If when you step in that cage, you can't have any um, like regard for your own safety. Nothing. You can't like, you just, you have to feel invincible and you just have to just, you're in like, you're on a fucking mission. Game time, dude. Dude. Yeah. (laughs) So like the moment you're, you start thinking about like, Oh, what is this doing to me? Or like, Oh fuck like that hurt. Or you know what I mean? You're just, you're just thinking too much. (laughs) It's time to step away. It is. No. And, it's good that it's good that you have the wherewithal to do that. You know, some people stick in too long. Yeah. You know, I mean, just like look at the. I love Diego Sanchez, but that dude is going to be fucked in his old old age, dude. Yeah. I mean, for real, he's taking a beating. Yeah. I mean, a lot too much. He was like, just on this recent UFC card, right? He was, yeah. Yeah. And he says he's coming back, and <laughs> dude, it's like that's great. I love you, dude. I really do, man. But you got to really start thinking about your wife, your kids, your family, your mom, and your dad. Like, yeah. You know, I don't want to be cared for. Right. You know? Yeah, I don't want that at all. I don't want it. Yeah, I want to age just like whenever I'm 100, I want to be, I just want to be able to move. Well, yeah, right? <laughs> when I'm done, when I'm 100, this is going to be fucking done. Yeah. <laughs> like my body is going to be done. Yeah. <laughs> I'm living, I'm living, you know? Dude, yeah. So are you, Um. so like what's your, what's your day like as far as like you're a very structured guy? Pretty structured. Uh, yeah, yeah, I try to be. Yeah. So like what's your day like as far as, um, just walk me through a typical day of John Duver. You know, wake up in the morning, uh, you know, kids. Yeah. Kids first and foremost. Yeah, my wife is a teacher, so she leaves and goes to uh, to, to work pretty early. Okay. So I wake up and get the kids ready, get them, you know, have breakfast with them. Yeah. Mess around, wrestle with them, beat them up a little bit, get do them ready you, for school. Do you have like a morning <laughs> routine at all as far as like do you read in the morning? I, I don't do that as much, at, not not like every single day all, you know, at the same time or anything. Yeah. My my time for that is really before I go to bed. Okay. You know, that's when I try to, to get some get some pages in or listen to a podcast or whatever it may be. I like to do, I do some sort of development. One, I try to do it once a day. You know yeah. what I mean? I'm not as... I'm not as crazy structured as some, but yeah. uh, I, I get it in, though. You know yeah. what I mean? Well, I mean, I think that's what's important because when you're running like a company like you are, I mean, you only have so much time. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you obviously, it's very important for you to have that family time in the morning, and I imagine that's what charges you for the day. I love it, dude. I really do. I was talking to my wife, my, my son. So I dropped my first son off at, at school, and then we have an in-home daycare that we drop the other kid off. I have a two-year-old and a four-and-a-half-year-old, and... uh I was calling my wife on the way to drop the two-year-old off, Lucas, and uh, she's like, "I'm so jealous that you get him in the morning because he's, dude, he's just like an angel. Yeah, like he's he's just, like he's this little ball of energy and a little muscle-bound little shithead. <laughs> he's just so great. And you know, when she gets him in the afternoon, he's screaming the whole way home. And I get home from work, and she's just like, I, "I'm done." Yeah, completely different kid. He's <laughs> completely like, different. Well rested in the morning. Yeah, yeah, he's dude. Great. Kids are fun, man. Oh, I love um, it. Man. They definitely like change the perspective on things. Hundred percent. One hundred percent. I mean, it, it changed my entire life. Changed yeah. my entire life having having my kids. I yeah, mean, you have them young, man. They're um, two and two and four and a half. Yeah, yeah, two and four, dude. Like that. That's that age to where like they're still really like discovering things, and like every day you just see their personality come out more. And, and more. they're two completely different personalities. Isn't two that completely weird to see? different people. Yeah. yeah, like my my oldest son looks just like me. 
and it's kind of reserved like like my wife. Yeah. My youngest son looks just like my wife Stephanie and he's just a psychopath like <laughs> like he's just like <laughs> will just break a glass to watch the gra- glass shatter on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> you were a rowdy kid growing up? I was pretty rowdy. <laughs> I was pretty rowdy. Yeah, I didn't you know, it was just it was just how it was, you know. We didn't have internet. We didn't have any of that crap, you know. Yeah. I had a I had a hammer and some nails and tree forts, you know. Yeah. I grew up in Chesterfield, like just down the hill from from all the rich kids. Yeah. You know what I mean? And we just had farm fields and three wheelers and four wheelers and dirt bikes and like we did arrow we went arrowhead hunting to have fun. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we built we went to the creek and like caught tadpoles. Yeah. You know, I remember forts. doing that growing up. Like I loved it. Yeah, I mean, people hear Chesterfield and they would probably just automatically assume, right? Oh man, hundred percent rich kid, dude, hundred percent. Yeah. I was I was down the hill from the rich kids. You yeah, know? we were born. I was born into a single wide mobile home. You yeah, know? Destiny Jones. So Destiny's my sister. Joe is my brother. Um, we own Vinyl Images together. Okay. Um, we're at Vinyl Images right now doing this, but um, did we shared a we shared a, a bunk bed? Joe and I shared a bottom, and Destiny had the top. You know. Oh yeah. So very humble beginnings. It just is what it is. It was yeah. it was normal. Yeah. It was normal to us. You don't like, know any you know? different. No, and it was cool. We yeah. had food on the table, took a cold shower every now and again, and just it was fine. Yeah. I think about that now. I um, I guess I didn't really appreciate my story, or I guess it, it, it was just it just was what it was to me um, until I started talking to more people and like, yeah. I started telling them about it. I'm like, yeah, dude, like I grew up on like a fucking dirt road farm <laughs> like in backwoods Missouri. Like We didn't have much money. I didn't know that we were like pretty yeah. broke, but like this is it it just, just normal. just is what it is, man. Yeah. But I f- it. it really teaches you work ethic though, for sure. Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, so my dad owns a landscaping company. He started his business when he was nine years old okay. mowing grass. That's how he started his business. And I mean, this was back in the 60s and, and I don't even know. My dad's pretty old now. He's like 60-something, 66, 67. So it was a, a long time ago, and he started at mowing grass, and we never really had babysitters, dude. We, like, would just go on a crew and mow grass or, like, we, you know, our babysitters were the people on the crew. Yeah. Like, we were little kids. Just like, going along with that every, yeah. every day. Like, that's how I learned how to sell. That's how I learned how to look people in the eye and shake their hand. Yeah. I'd go with that on bids. You know, go, he would just, every single night, I'd go with Dad. Yeah. And we'd go and we'd meet new people and he would try to sell them jobs. Dude, that's really where it's at. Yeah. Um, I, I did a podcast with a guy and uh, he's, he's like helping you run like a skate shop and he had his he had his son in there. I think his son was like three or four or something with him. I'm like, this is so cool because like you're just exposing him to like every day, like what it is to, to try to run a business. Just to hear my dad talk to people and, and give compliments and, and, and you know, it's just the art of the sale, yeah. you know, finding yeah. something in common with the person he was talking to and, and, you know, and if he made the sale, it was fine. If he didn't move on to the next one, you know, he just, right. that's all about that sales for you. Get kicked in the nuts a hundred times a day and make that times. one, yeah, <laughs> make that one contact that leads to something else. Yeah. That one makes it all worth it. Yeah. You ever think about, uh, bringing the kiddos to work with you at all? Uh, yeah, at some point, but they're going to be the ones cleaning the toilets and taking the trash out. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're going to start at the bottom. Oh, absolutely. You know? Just because they're my kid and I own, and I'm president of the company, like that, it doesn't, that it doesn't make a difference to me. Right. I would prefer that they went on their own path. So I really would. Yeah. Um, but this is a great business. It's well established. You know, we've been in business 16, almost 16 full years, you know, yeah. multi million dollar company and 
Like, whatever. Like, if they want to come and work here, that's fine. But they're not getting any special treatment from me. Well, even just, like, I don't know, like, when they're, like, five or six, just, like, you know. Oh, yeah. Let they'll them tag be along here. with you yeah. just so they can see different things. Getting some things. structure and yeah. understanding that it's hard work, you know. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's so abstract for them, right? Because, you know, dad comes home and, you know, all they, they see, like, what all your work affords them. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, you know, we get to watch, you know, Netflix or, we get, <laughs> you know, we get a fun trip to Florida or whatever the case may be. But they don't necessarily know, like, all the handshakes and conversations yeah. and all yeah. the actual work that goes into I went into to, a, like, a, a father, it was, like, dad's morning or something, dad's day at school, at my son's school, and his teacher walked up, and she's like, what do you do for a living? Your son says you stick stickers for a living, and I was like, yeah, that's what I do. Like, I rent cars, I play with stickers all day. You yeah. Know? Like, so it was kind of funny. She was just, she, just, she was looked so confused, because that's what I tell my, my son I do, you know? Yeah. I rap cars. You know? Yeah. That's what we do. It's a large format digital printing company, and our core competency is vehicle wraps. Yeah. You know? I be, you obviously do far more than that, but it's yeah. Like, well, oh yeah, we do everything when, else. When you simplify it, though, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I found um, the most successful people do that. They just really simplify things, and it's just because like that's how they process things in their mind. To like just, I, I have a hard time with uh, with certain people like overplaying things. Yeah. Because I feel like they're just blowing it up. It, well, they are. They're just they they're trying to make it look bigger than it is. Yeah, you know what I mean. I'm just like so. I was like, this is what you really do, and you'll you'll see this in the corporate world. They're like, we want like I do this, this, and this. It's like, all right, well, you send a lot of emails and you have some meetings. Like, I yeah. I, I, I totally get it. Like, yeah. no, it's exactly. <laughs> it's right. not that complicated. Exactly. But a lot of people do that. Yeah. Um, so could, my my day to day, right? I wake up oh, with yeah. the kids. Yeah. Right. Uh, do the kid thing in the morning, which is the most special time to me. You know what I mean? And then it's a grind, honestly, from I get to the office about eight o'clock mm -hmm. in the morning and it's a grind. I mean, I'm balls to the wall from eight to five. You know, yeah. I hardly take a lunch, barely have enough time for protein shake or anything. You know what I mean? It's yeah. really, it's really, really busy. And that's when I'm in town. Um, I have a couple other companies that I do. I travel the country and I teach people how to install wraps, uh, for Avery Dennis. Avery Dennison is a $7 billion company. Okay. So I'm one of three trainers for North America, and I go around, I travel around North America, and I train them how to install graphics correctly, and then um, certify them if they're certifiable. Okay. So you're you're teaching the classes, you're mm -hmm. consulting. Mm -hmm. um, you also have a, an app as well, right? I do. Yeah, the computer software. It's called the Wrap App. Uh, we started that like three years ago, four years ago. Okay. It's worldwide distribution. Uh, it's 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 doing really well. I'm I'm not as well as I thought. I thought it was just going to explode. Yeah. But like the rap industry itself is kind of young and kind of it's kind of small, right? Yeah. And I'm pretty new to the. I don't computer. <laughs> All right, so I'm pretty new to the app development game. Yeah, uh, my partner is a, a genius with it, but um, we're learning too, and we're adapting to that to see what the market. We thought we knew exactly what the market wanted, and yeah. we knew sixty, seventy percent of what the market wanted. And it turned out that we had a lot of wasted time and a lot of wasted features on the app. So we're switching it up, and you know, kind of rejuvenating it this year. Yeah, have you found with this particular industry, just people like to learn kind of hands-on? And oh yeah, and it's a skilled trade. Yeah, like it's a skilled trade industry. Whether you're a graphic designer or you run the printers in the back or yeah. your production or installation or anything, I mean, it's a skilled trade. It's a dying breed. Yeah, you know, it's like plumbing. It's like welding. It's like installing carpet. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it's a skilled trade and it's really hard. Like it's 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 a very difficult industry to maintain. Um, quality people it's such a shame too right because uh, i mean the skilled trades really are the, the things that that pay well um it's a lower yeah. it's a lower barrier of entry as far as uh you don't have to like 
go to school for like four or five, six years Dude. and and come out with, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Of in debt my industry right now, the vehicle rep industry, you can go on Amazon right now and be in business in two days with Amazon Prime. You can buy vinyl, you can buy knives, squeegees, to every tool you need on Amazon with the vinyl and be in business in two days. That's with Prime. <laughs> what, but okay, but then the education piece, right? Yeah, but then you learn and you learn and you learn. And yeah. you know, Did you teach yourself? We're self-taught, yeah. We oh, had shit. So we started a business. It was me, Joe, Destiny, and a guy named Chris Luth. Okay. Uh, Chris was our first graphic designer. Um, basically taught us the stuff that we grew off of, right? Okay. Um, and uh, my mom worked there. We couldn't afford to pay her. She was our secretary, right? Um, but yeah, we self-taught. What made you go into this industry? So, also, what point? So, this was you said sixteen, <laughs> seventeen years ago, right? Yeah, two thousand two is when we started. Okay, um, you were just like, "This is cool. Let's well, do this." Well, Destiny, my sister Destiny, worked for a company called uh, what was it called? Adversigns. And I was just out of high school. I graduated high school a semester late because I was a shithead. Like I said, <laughs> like I just didn't. I, school wasn't for me. I'm a smart dude. Yeah, I'm not. I shouldn't say that. I'm. 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 I'm kind of smart. But school wasn't for me, man. Yeah. And I was, I, like I said, I was a shit. I was smoking weed and drinking and chasing chicks all through high school. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I didn't really care about the academic side of it. Right. I was just, uh, I just wanted, I wanted to get out of school, you know? Yeah. And then I got into a fist fight in school like three days before the end of the end of my senior year. And they wouldn't, they weren't going to let me walk in graduation because mm. I got into a fist fight. So I said, F you, dude. Yeah. I'm not even going to finish my class. Why would I finish? If I can't walk. Like, what's the purpose? Yeah, what's the point? So I ended up graduating a semester late. It's embarrassing, but whatever. It makes a good story. Yeah, it is a good story. And then I took off. I was taking off six months. My plan was to go to be a chiropractor. I had uh, I had family friends that were chiropractors, and I just really, I thought it was cool. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Something about it, something about, uh, I really looked up to the Arvald family, and uh, and Dan and Dwayne, and they were all, they were chiropractors. And I was just like, dude, I want to be a chiropractor. Okay. Because they talked it up. So I was taking time off before I started, before I, you know, tried to get into chiropractic college. And uh, I started working for a rap company called uh, called uh, Adversigns, and I just loved it. Like right off the bat, it's like instant. Gra I have ADD, so it's like instant gratification. A vehicle would come in white, a van would come in white, and by the end of the day, it would leave with a huge logo on the side of it and phone numbers and websites. I'm just like, dude, like this yeah. is awesome. Constant turnover of your work, you can see what what it, you're doing. It's always. great. Like at the end of the day, you see exactly what you accomplished. Right. There's no question what you accomplished. Yeah. And then that business actually went bankrupt six months after I started there. So Destiny and I got together and, and the actual owner actually approached Destiny and was like, hey, you need to buy the assets of this company and start your own business. And Destiny's like, dude, I don't have any money. I don't have any credit. Like we literally came from nothing. Yeah. And he, uh, he said he would, he would co-sign on a business loan for us. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> so he guaranteed the business loan. We talked to my brother, Joe, uh, Joe Duver, and, and uh, we went in the front door and Walked out the back door and took everything. Oh, nice. I mean, everything. <laughs> Toilet paper rolls. Everything. Everything. <laughs> everything. Printers, <laughs> all the vinyl. We, 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 Floor we took mats. everything. Everything. I mean, Man. it was empty when we left. How much was that business loan for? It was like $35,000 or That's something. That's probably a whole lot of money back then to you. Well, I mean, it was. You know, when yeah. you don't have, I didn't have a pot to piss in. Yeah, know? dude. I mean, there was no money. There was, there was nothing. I mean, it it was a crazy it was a crazy crazy deal man yeah yeah <laughs> it's funny to look back but it's humble beginnings you know and yeah. we just we just we're just tenacious you know we've had multiple business coaches and multiple uh, business advisors come in and be like how are you still in business like how do you got what 
what is, how are you doing this? What's, what's bewildering these people? Why are they so baffled? Um, a lot of the times our accounts receivable was so high and like our bills were, we were behind on all of our bills. Like we let our AR like control our business for a long time. We had no formal training in business. You know, yeah. I wasn't reading books at that time. I wasn't, I, I was 19. Yeah. I thought I was going to be a millionaire. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I'm a business owner. Like, oh, every business owner I know is drives yeah. a BMW. Yeah. You know? I, I thought it was just day one. I was going to be a millionaire. You yeah. Know? And then I started missing paychecks for 10 more years. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you understood the technical side, right? But yeah. not the actual running a business. Had no idea. Man. And neither did Joe and Des. You know, we knew a little bit. Yeah. But we knew just enough to uh, to get by, you know? Yeah. And then just it just took time to establish it. It took time to learn. You know, we lost, we've lost a million bucks. Easy. Yeah. Easy on mistakes. Probably more than that. It's investing in your education. It, it really is. You know yeah. what I mean? But it's one of those things when you're losing your own money, it's a heck of a lot easier to learn a lesson. Yeah. You know, and that's really, we just got together and we're like, I'm tired of losing money. And Joe and Des were like, yeah, I'm tired of losing money too. And we just refocused like five or six years ago and it's just exploded. Okay. So since. five or six years ago, that was the turning point. It really was. You'd already been in for a decade. You're like, man, yeah. like something. Still has... missing paychecks though. Yeah. Like we were still missing paychecks. Missing paychecks as in you guys aren't getting paid. We weren't getting paid because we didn't have enough money coming in. We had too many employees. Our our payroll was too high. The, the, you know, the sales team wasn't doing well. We weren't doing well. We weren't responsible business owners by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. You know, and we just learned, we just, I was just, we were just tired of it. Hmm. So what, so, okay, if you had to give yourself like in the early days some advice, knowing what you know now, what would it be? I would whip my own ass so bad dude like first and foremost i would just punch me square in the mouth yeah you know and be like dude shut up and listen yeah like that's i was so prideful you know what i mean i was just like i i i would i would listen and then it would just go in one ear and out the other you know what i mean i would just go and do what i wanted anyway coming yeah. you know taking advice from people that were just so much far better off than me and they had more business experience or whatever like i was so hard-headed and stubborn yeah i would just say listen man yeah. Just listen. You're just leading with your ego, right? Totally. Yeah. Totally. No, I wonder, some people are able to do it, but I wonder how many people are actually like really able to sit that ego aside like before, not many. before they're 25. Yeah, not many. Yeah. Not many. It's definitely tough, man. To And I, I was a people pleaser too. You okay. know what I mean? Like I, I really, I spent the first, on my 30th birthday, I literally woke up and I was like, I'm fucking doing me now. Yeah. I'm tired of pleasing everybody because I was pleasing everybody as best I could, you know, all my clients, I was, I, you know, it was, I was going above and beyond. I was, I wasn't making any more money and I was working 80 hours a week. You know what I mean? And, and that goes with everything in my life. Like I was really trying to, I was trying to please everybody. Okay. And I finally, like on my 30th birthday, like that was a big turning point for me. It really was like, cause I have, since I, since I have started my professional career at 17, 18 years old, when I really started focusing uh, on knowing that I was going to, I didn't, I knew I was going to own a business. I didn't know what it was going to be, Okay. but I do have a problem with authority. I don't like being told what to do. I like to do my thing. Um, and I, I, I work for a corporation now, but I know I'm more mature now. I know my role, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but at the time I had a serious problem with authority and, and I knew I was going to own a business, but, um, man, it was just, I lost my train of thought, but it was just one of those things. It was, uh, I was just pleasing everybody, and I had to. I had to knock it off. I had to do my own thing. Yeah, I had to. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. So when you're, you said you turned thirty, that was like a, a real pivotal. Yeah. So since I started my, since I started my professional career, I've always told people, and I still live by this. I want to retire. I want to have the option to retire at forty. I'm thirty six now, and I'm still 
really far away from that. Yeah. I really truly am, you know. But I still I've, that's always been a huge uh, grinder for me. That's really kept me going on the on the days that that you're just like, dude, what the fuck am I doing here? Yeah. Like I'm gonna retire at forty. That's what I'm doing here. You really think you'll ever retire? No. Sad, and I didn't think so. <laughs> no, but it would be nice to have you know have have a big big nest egg in there and have the option to right. You know? Like, what if I get cancer or something? What if something happens in my life where I can't work anymore? Right. I'm not gonna be struggling. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm diversifying really wide right now, um, and I, and that's 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 the ultimate goal, man. Yeah. No, absolutely. And I ask that because I don't. I mean, you seem like the type of person that like you like to build things, like you like Love to. It. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't know any person like with that personality type that will ever stop. I do. I like building stuff, and I like I like the project aspect of it. You yeah. know what I mean? Whether it comes from a motorcycle that I I like to do stuff with with or a business. You know what I mean? Like I I literally have two business plans in my books right now, ready to launch. Like, yeah. and I'm constantly looking, I, I get offers all the time to go into partner with people and, and help me with this and do this. And it's, I got to pick and choose. I got to pick and choose what's going on now. Yeah. You know, Andy Vercella is a huge influence to me. Yeah. Uh, he was my, he was one of my first business coaches. I, I'm so fortunate to have that. Yeah. Um, his wife, Emily, actually worked for me, and they met through. Yeah, I heard that through, on yeah. the podcast. Pretty crazy. Dude, like, it's, it's a crazy so, story. It really is, dude. So Andy was, Andy's a fucking monster. Let's just put it out there. Absolutely. Like that guy, he, he taught me a, so much, but at the time that he was preaching to, not preaching to me, but giving me advice and being a business advisor for me, I was still trying to please people. I thought I was, knew everything. Yeah. And I didn't do what he said at the time that he said it. Now I'm going back through my notes and I'm going back through all these memories I have of these meetings with him and I'm taking what he told me and doing it now. Yep. If I would have done it five years ago, dude, I would be so much farther ahead. Yeah. That guy was so ahead of his time Yeah. before the MFCEO project, MFCEO project yeah. before, before any of that. Dude, 100%. So I know. So I worked at Supplement Superstores between. Yeah, I think I remember that. 2009, yeah. 2010. And this is when First Form only had two products, dude. They had Ignition <laughs> and they had Level One. And then I remember it was at the Manchester store. And, then, and that's also kind of how I knew about you because they're like, oh, yeah, like our buddy John, he does all the vinyl and all the yeah, stores. Yeah. So like that kind of like put your name on my radar. But that's whenever he he um, he had everybody try uh, Formula One. Like he was still interviewing people, so like I interviewed with him. <laughs> I remember like because I I graduated with my undergrad and I was married at the time. We thought it'd be a good idea to move down to, like San Antonio and save up for a house. So like I remember like leaving the store. I'm like ah, like this is fucking killing me because like <laughs> this company is like at the ground floor right now and they're yeah. going to blow up. It, he it was just you could see it right away. Yeah yeah he has right an intensity away. about him. He really does and he's always had it you know it's just been a, it's 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 bigger now you know what i mean he's got a huge following he's got bigger companies and everything but i should have listened to him way more than i did yeah. at the time now i'm still going back through like literally I, I every time i have a business advisor meeting or a business coaching meeting or anything like that performance coaching meeting dude, i'm i'm note 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 you know what i mean i have multiple notebooks yeah you know there's a million dollars worth of notes in there in the circle that you like the people you surround yourself with matters so like Dude. so much like you can feel the energy when you're around the right people i'm i'm 100 with you andy used to andy still preaches that you know what i mean if you got garbage in garbage out yeah mentality if you have garbage people around you you're going to perform under your level yeah and that dude that took me a long time to realize as well because that is so true and i'm thinking to myself like there's no way like dude, i've known this dude for 30 years yeah he won't screw me well he's a piece of shit and he screwed me yeah you know what i mean and 
I, I've, I've cut some ties because, because of that, you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Yeah, dude, I've, I've definitely had to let some people go because, um, like you'll tell them about the things that you're like, that's going on or whatnot. <laughs> and you can just see it in their eyes. Like it's like hurting their feelings or yeah. something like they don't get those people out of your life. Dude, one, you have to, you have to, because they're kind of at their ceiling and it's just going to stop you from, from moving forward. Dude, when I tell people my goals and they laugh. I know I'm doing it right. Yeah. And I, and I, I'll, I'll never forget the people that giggle at me. You know what I mean? When oh, I, yeah. so when I first started the business, like I always told people I'm retiring at 40, dude, I would get laughed at every time I'd say it to someone Yeah, every time. And I'm just like, you motherfuckers, I'm going to prove every one of you wrong. And I'm not going to, I'm never going to forget that fucking, that smile on your face. Dude, I'm never going to forget. I love it. it. I love when people tell me I can't do something. Oh man. I, I thrive off that. Dude, I had people in high school tell me that I couldn't run an Ironman. So like I've had this, like I'm going to fucking run an Ironman, yeah. like just because they told me I couldn't do it. So it just, it's just, I just hold on to a little, like the littlest shit. I like, I like the, the criticism more than the praise. Yeah, I really do. You know, when I like I, I go, I travel the country, North America, and I teach classes for Avery Dennison. Um, and I finish the class, a two day class. I finish the classes with I'm going to send you an email. I want you to criticize me like I've only been teaching for basically a year. I don't I just do what feels right in my heart. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I don't have any formal training and teaching or anything. And the only way for me to get better is to be criticized. I want constructive criticism. I even tell people, I was like, send it blind and roast me. I don't care because I'm going to take it constructively. Yeah. I just am. You know? It's so important. Is that, I think that's one of the skills. Is, I know I got that from wrestling and sports. Is that, is that something you kind of, you feel like you got that from? Maybe. Or? I just, I don't know. I've, I've always been like, I don't lack confidence. Right. But I, I'm, I'm the type of person that, um, like, I know I'm good at what I do. Yeah. I don't need to be told that I'm good at what I do. Yeah. You know what mean I mean? Anything. Like I understand, I know I'm good at what I do. Yeah. So when someone says, Oh man, you're, you're great. You're, you're just doing so well. Like, yeah, I know. Yeah. I expect to, I work my fucking ass off. You know yeah. what I mean? I, I expect to win. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But when I lose, I, you know, I learn just as much as, or more than when I win. And when someone tells me I'm doing something wrong, dude, I'm just like, what, where, how can I be, how can I improve? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, don't just tell me I'm doing it wrong. Give me a suggestion for how I can be better. Right. You know, and that's that's a huge part for me. Yeah, that's definitely the sign of like a true winner when you when you can take that criticism and you can say, okay, is that valid? All right, okay, it is valid. All right, how yeah. can I do how can I do better from here now? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um. So who have been? So I mean, you mentioned Andy. Um. Who have been some of your other just kind of mentors and coaches in life? Ben Newman is. I've been working with Ben Newman for fifteen years now. I, I actually met Ben. Uh, when he worked for Northwestern Mutual and he came in, he sold us some policies and we we're just like right on. And, and I just right away, you just infectious guy. You yeah. know what I mean? And, um, he started giving us business advice maybe 10 years ago. You know, he started, we, we, we've always been together in coaching and like, I've watched his whole coaching career come up from literally the ground level Yeah, and, and him come up and, uh, and he started giving us business advice about 10 years ago. Okay. And then uh, he he became my performance coach and like a real serious business coach, a real serious business coach about five years ago and my performance coach about two years ago. And uh, and that dude's changed my life. I don't yeah. know, even know what, how else to describe it. Like he comes in here and he just like, uh, we're brothers, man. Like he's seriously like, I love that dude. Yeah. Like he's like a brother to me. He has amazing know? energy. Dude, it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. And and. I don't know. He just drives home the right stuff, you know, yeah. purpose, values, you know, mm -hmm. oh. he, uh, what I, I love being held accountable. Yeah. As much as I hate it, I love it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and if I tell him I'm going to do something and I don't do it, he looks me right in the eyes like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? You need those people. I have to have it in my life. Yeah. You know, because I can get lazy. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You just get you get comfortable. Like my, I get paid. You yeah. know what I mean? It's easy to let yourself slide. Very oh, John, easy. John, what are you doing, man? You're fine. I'm fine. Everything's good. Fine. You don't need you know? to stay up in this extra hour. You don't no. need to put in that. that <laughs> yeah, you have to do that. Take this extra meeting. Like, yeah. what are you doing? It's exactly right. And Ben, dude, Ben holds me accountable. Because if it comes from if it comes from my brother or my sister, I'm just like, yo, fuck off. Fuck you know? off. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, if, but if it comes from Ben, I'm just like, all right, shit, I got to do shit, it. Yeah, you know? like you don't want to let Ben down. Yeah, no, you can't. Yeah. You can't let Ben down. You know yeah, I mean? man, it's so important to have those people just to hold you accountable. Yeah, I like it. And I like like I like surrounding myself with people that are uh, that are at uh, way far ahead than me, you know, yeah. financially and life and business and everything because I dude, I feed off that. Like yeah. I'm I am a student of life right now. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I feel like I'm in my mental prime. Um not so much physical, <laughs> but I'm getting it back. Yeah. But my mental prime, I mean, I really I I I, I'm doing I'm doing some cool stuff and 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 I'm always learning I'm always constantly learning and taking the criticism and just working on it. Yeah, well, I mean, you're legitimately like the best in your industry. I, I would right, so I, I would say I'm one of the best in my industry. I wouldn't say I'm the best because I wouldn't want to insult anybody yeah, that's in my I, industry. I, but. I wanted to say one of the best to be politically correct, but like I, I'm just gonna say it because <laughs> fuck everybody else. <laughs> you're the best in my opinion, and and this is why I say that because. You're, you're definitely doing all these things. You're definitely a leader, and, and I'm sure there are other people who are doing great work for sure. Yeah. Um, but what was that? What was that? Uh, like that national competition that you won? How many years in a 2000, row? Two thousand. So, vehicle rap competitions are a very big thing in my, in the rap industry. You're right. And you won a national it, one. I won a world a world title. World title. Yeah. yeah. So, um, it was. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a big deal. It Dude. is a big deal. <laughs> Huge, bro. <laughs> it, it, it was Dude. it was a big deal. Um, but uh, it was one of those things. You know, I started vehicle rap competitions. Um, I've met some of my best friends in the industry through rap competitions. And yeah, it's it's based on speed and quality. Yeah, you know, and so you have to be really fast and you have to be really good at what you do. Um, I took second place like five or six times in a row. You know, I was getting I was getting beat, just barely beat, and I just kept grinding, kept grinding, kept grinding, kept grinding, and. Um, I've won the last five vehicle rap competitions that I've been in in a row. Exactly. It's, it's unprecedented. It's never been done before. And I, I want to get back into it. I, I'm, I'm feeling that I haven't competed since 2016 when I won the world title. Cause I, I thought number one, I thought, what else do I have to prove? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I won five in a row and then I, I won that world title. But number two, it opened up so many opportunities for me. Yeah. Like my Avery contract came, um, yeah, multiple other business opportunities came from that because people want to work with the best. You know Absolutely. what I mean? And and I I was just like, yeah, come on, bring it, bring it, bring it. Yeah. Let's look at all these options, you know. And I've kind of whittled them out and 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 worked with it. But yeah, um, it's a big deal. Yeah, I really I I like it. I, I'm I I'm good at what I do. Yeah, dude. I mean, th- th- that's the thing. Like, when I'm talking to people, I'm like, yeah, I'm about to go sit down with John Duver. Like, he's he's killing this industry. And, and people just don't know that. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, the the killers that we have in this, like the Newman or even yeah. Andy Frizzella sometimes, even as big as he is. Like, some people still don't even know who he is. And it's just like. Like, in, in the rap industry, like, I'm pretty well known. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, like, outside of that, like, I'm just, dude, I'm just a normal dude. Like, I'm. Yeah. Whatever. So what do you? How do you? How do you prepare for like a, a tournament or a, a competition like that? Like, what's it like going into that? Dude, I, I do it just like fighting. I do it just like fighting. You know, in the weeks leading up to the competition, I'm watching Gladiator. I'm watching these killer movies. You know what I mean? To get myself mentally prepared. Like, I look at a vehicle rap competition as a fucking fist fight, and I'm gonna kill every single person that's in that ring with me. Like, yeah, I really take it that seriously. Like, I've had people approach me like, dude, are you okay? Like, I'm totally fucking fine. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> Like I'm about to 
murder everyone in this competition. <laughs> Everything's you know great. I mean? Like this is perfect. I'm in the perfect, men- you know, yeah. mental spot. And uh, you know, you just go out there and you just can't make a mistake because everyone you're competing against is literally amazing yeah. at what they do. You know what I mean? And if you make one mistake, you're out. Yeah, you're. I mean, it's literally like that. You know what I mean? So you have to be super on point. You can't be distracted. Um, it's leading up to it's hard. The days of the competition, I get butterflies real bad. I get anxiety real bad before it. You know, because I feel like I have a lot to lose. You know what I mean? I've built, I've built a very powerful brand when it comes to John Duver Incorporated and vinyl images and 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 rap IQ and 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 all these things and. I feel like every single time I, I touch my squeegee on the, onto the car, dude, that, that, like, that's a direct reflection of, of, of my brands. And yeah. so I, I just take it so serious, man. Yeah. Yeah. Way, like, like so, maybe too serious, but I win. You know what I mean? So yeah. what's too serious? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's only too serious if you're a loser. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I for real look at that. Like, I mean, the most intense people, um, like when you're a winner, like you're just, you just, you, you take what you do serious and that's why you're good at what you do. Right. I mean, yeah. you don't, you don't half-ass it. The, the, I think the most beautiful thing about the rap industry and the rap competitions is if you're an asshole, like you get blackballed. Yeah. Like everyone's out there to help each other. You know what I mean? Like, well, there's a brotherhood out there that's just unspoken. It just, if you see, you know, like Jim Miller, Preston Jordan, Estevan Hargitay, like these guys that I compete against on an extremely high level and we've seen each other in the finals every single competition. Yeah. I'm just as happy for them if they win. Right. Kinda. You know, I want to kick them in the nuts. Yeah. But at the same time, dude, like, you beat me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Fair and square. And then when I beat them, it's it's that they feel the same way about me. You yeah. know what I mean? So. Yeah, I mean, when you're at, at the elite level of, of whatever field that you're in, I mean, it's, it's, it's a very small margin that separates, you know, the people at the very top. It really is. Yeah. You know, Jim's beat me. Steve's beat me. Preston's beat me. Yeah. You know what I mean? I beat all of them. Yeah, everybody's making each other better. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Do you guys, do you guys um, ever find yourself um, like talking and like sharing tips and different things after and, every round? Yeah, helping each every other. Every single right? round. How did you do this handle? Yeah. Yeah, I did it this way. Well, I'm doing it this way. I stretched yeah. it this way. My cut was like this. You know, it's like you're talking about you're talking about such minute details that like the be like an amateur rapper wouldn't even understand. They wouldn't even it wouldn't even register with them what we're talking about. You yeah. know what I mean? But. I didn't get good at rap until I started vehicle rap competitions. Oh, I knew really? I was good. Yeah. You know what I mean? I placed fourth in my first vehicle rap competition because of a placement error. And Jim Miller, you can kiss my ass for taking first on that one. <laughs> 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 but um, I was like an eighth inch off placement. You yeah. know what I mean? So in the next competition, I spent more time on placement. You know yeah. what I mean? Because I knew my quality was there. I knew my speed was there. I knew everything was fine. Yeah. But yeah, we do. We talk about, uh, every, I mean, specific, not necessarily day to day, but after the competition's over, yeah, we'll sit down and we'll say, okay, well, this is how I beat you on this. Right. You know, how did you how did you do that so fast? You yeah. Know, and then and then we'll just go hands on. And what's great about those bald eagle just flew by. Oh, sweet. <laughs> <laughs> what's great about those uh, those meetings are so if it's me and Jim or me and Preston or me and Steve or me and Carl, whoever, it doesn't matter who it is. You yeah. know what I mean? When we start talking about how we're doing stuff, it's just like a mob of a mob of people come by because we're respected. We know what we're doing, and people want to see how we do it. You yeah. know what I mean? It's just, um, it's a beautiful thing, man. The, the rap industry is is the most beautiful industry to be in. Yeah. It, it's just, uh, it's just the brotherhood. Like, there's no, if you're a dick, you're out. Yeah. It's literally like that. If you're a liar, 
if you're a cheat, if you're going to fuck people out of money, if you're going to have this online persona and then in person you're a completely different person, you are fucking out. Yeah. <laughs> Authenticity and, is key. Oh, it's 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 everything. It's like the new currency, really. It's um, everything. With, with social media, um, everything is very transparent. Yeah. And your reputation will get around. Whether you're on there or not, like your reputation will get around. 100%. Yeah, man. 100%. And that's, that's a hard thing for people to do. It's a hard thing for people to understand if they're – if if they're fake, yeah, you know, if you're an authentic person, like, dude, I'm me. I'm. I don't care if I'm online. I don't care if I'm with my bosses. I don't care if I'm with my. I'm. I'm pretty reserved around my wife just because I respect her so much, right? Yeah. But like, generally speaking, I'm me. You know what I mean? Like, love me or hate me, I'm me. I'm not changing. You yeah. know, I made that decision when I was there when I turned thirty. I'm gonna be me. Yeah. And ever since I started being me, my 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 paychecks get bigger. My 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 reach is larger. The people I surround myself are better, more powerful people. Yeah. Being authentic is, dude, it's everything. Yeah, because you just quit sacrificing what you allow in your life. Exactly. Like you won't compromise at all. Yeah, dude, I, that's exactly right, and I won't. You know? Yeah. And if you put that out there, you, you garbage in, garbage out, positive in, positive out. You know what I mean? You put that out there in the world, yeah. good people come and find you. Yeah. You know what I mean? We got a dude that, that uh, he's an installer here. His name's Addison. He moved from six hours in Kentucky to come and work for us. You know oh, what I shit. mean? Yeah. It's just, but he's a positive influence on my, on, on our business. Mm -hmm. And it, he came and he took a class here that I was teaching and he called me like six months later. He's like, Hey, I want to come work for you. I'm like, whatever, come and come in for an interview, whatever. You know what I mean? Cause a lot of people do that, you yeah. know, and then no one shows up mm -hmm. or they show up and they, they're just talking all the shit and they can't back it up. Yeah. And he's come in and he's been an extremely positive influence on our company and, and, and on our install team. You know, yeah. happy to happy to have that dude. Yeah, dude, and that just speaks to the community that you're building here, right? I mean, you're bringing yeah. in like with the culture that you're you're putting in place. You're bringing in the people that are uh, that are aligned with that. Hundred percent. And we've had horrible culture here. You know, we had a bad turn of culture last year. I lost like like five people. Oh shit. You know, it was hard. I didn't even know what culture was until my culture was ruined, oh, and it really? took a year to get back. I had no idea. Like I said, dude, I had no education in business. None. Yeah. And and you know the old the old saying one bad apple can ruin the whole bunch. That, that, dude, that's true. That is the tr most true thing you could say if you're talking about business, small yeah. business in particular. Yeah. You know, it's it it was. We've gone through our times, but we're always, we always come out bigger, better, stronger. Yeah. You know. And you always will, man. If you just, I feel like if you just focus on the process and you're just, you're just always improving. Process driven. Yeah. That's what we are. Yeah. I mean, there's there's no perfect formula. No. Uh, it's just like just you just figure it out and you improve and you just figure it out again. You know what I mean? But being an egotistical boss, you know what I mean? Like I was when I first started, you know, I didn't tell people thank you. I didn't tell people good job. I didn't uh -huh. take them to lunch. Yeah. You know what I mean? I didn't take them out on the boat and buy them beers. Mm. You know what I mean? Now yeah. I do that. Yeah, the relationships really matter. It really does. You know what I mean? It, it really does. And, uh, you know, I've had I've had instances that made me a little bit gun shy, you know, about becoming friends with, with, with my team. Yeah. You know, but now I don't even care. Now I have such a solid group. Yeah, it's just it's really come full circle, and uh, I'm very happy. I'm very happy with 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 our team right now. I really am. Everyone seems like they're rowing the boat in the same direction. Yeah, there's no one just half-ass paddling either. Everybody's really rowing hard. So, have you read the uh, the the dichotomy of leadership? I have I not, but I have it. Okay, yeah, it's on my. I have it on Audible. I need to listen to it. But what, what you were saying there just really made me think of that. You know what I mean? Because there is the bounce there, right? Like you're still the boss. 
but you still want to be like friendly with your team yeah. and and still like build those relationships. Like for instance, last night I I, I had to leave at four o'clock last night because I had a meeting in St. Clair, which is like forty minutes away. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and I, we have a removal. Like in the in the rap industries, removals are the worst. It's when you take off old graphics off of a car that's been. It could be five. It could be ten years old. It's fucking horrible. Okay. No one wants to do them, but I saw we had a removal out there, so I just spent 25 minutes on the removal. I know those guys would come in and see that, see my times on there, and be like, hey, you know what I mean? He is the boss, but he's still digging. Yeah. You know? And yeah. that's key. Yeah. That's key. Lead you're, by example. Exactly. I was going to say that. Lead by example. Yeah. I mean, you're act, I'm, I'm a big believer in your actions speak louder than your words. 100%. Yeah. So that that's everything. Yeah. Well, brother, we're, we're about an hour, so I want to be respectful of your time. I yeah, know you have a lot going I'm on. I'm having fun. Yeah, dude. This is, this is great. I love fucking podcasting, <laughs> just talking the shit. It's yeah, like, it's good. Um, I want to leave the floor to you though. Like if there's, um, anything like you want to plug or, you know, how can people get a hold of you or anywhere you want to send them? Absolutely. I mean, so online, um, on, on Instagram, Instagram in particular, I am at rap IQ, W R A P I Q. Um, that's, that's my, my rap family, my, um, launching a coaching and consulting company here in April. And that'll be a huge part of that. That'll be the, the, the basically the launch off will come from Rap IQ. Um, JohnDuver.com is my website. Um, these are all stuff that like the rap industry needs. Like anyone that's just listened to this, like, oh, I'm going to go in there and look for refing stuff. Like there's nothing on there for refing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I'm very hyper-focused on. So every company that I have is all uh, vertically integrated. It's all about the rap industry somehow, some way, whether it's tools or consulting or, or printing or Co- or, you know, teaching. It's it's all around this industry. Yeah. Right? Um, but yeah, Rap IQ on Instagram. That's the best way to to follow me, get a hold of me. I try to keep up with my stories and do stupid shit. And yeah, I'm just a normal dude, man. You know what I mean? Like, we're we're doing real well and and we're growing and and we're just continuing to make the the proper steps in the right directions and the right partnerships. Yeah. You know, and and it's just it's it's going extremely well. Um if you guys want anything to do with 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 vehicle wrapping or you want to um to get a vehicle wrapped or get a quote or anything, wewrapanything.com is my website. It's for vinyl images. We're located in St. Louis here at 44 and 270. Um family owned and operated been in business almost 16 full years so yeah man you guys are dude i saw you were wrapping a helicopter yeah uh, probably a few months ago <laughs> it was like two months ago yeah okay, it was yeah a air flight helicopter i took uh i took that one pretty serious because I, I broke my leg real bad like a year and a half ago okay and i was air flighted out from where i broke my leg so it was the same company that i was wrapping the helicopter for and i was sitting there talking to the pilots i'm like yeah you know i i, I was i was in one of these <laughs> so i took it real serious yeah how'd you break your leg i was in a um utv accident Oh. I, I don't make the best decisions, <laughs> but I was, uh, <laughs> I was, uh, I was, I had this big lifted UTV, uh, it was a Can-Am Maverick and I had like four, like 34 or 36 inch tires on it. It was just huge. Yeah. I, I was, I was there doing business. I was there promoting my company mm. and, uh, I got a little, little heavy on the throttle and, and, um, the thing rolled to the driver's side. I didn't have my harness in on and I stuck my leg out to stop it from rolling mm. and it basically like took my took my leg off Snapped it was an open compound fracture of the <sighs> tibia and fibula and mm. six surgeries later in a year and a half I'm finally wow I'm fi- that's what I'm saying I'm reffing this Friday for the first time so I'm, I'm stoked to get back there I'm not gonna rough the whole show I'm just gonna get one or two or three fights just to see how I feel you know yeah I gotta be able to grab people and throw them off I gotta be I gotta have the speed and agility to to be the best ref I can be yeah. You know what I mean? And that's a big thing to me. So I've been talking to Tim Lukanoff and we're just going to, we're going to give it a shot and see how I feel. And 
go from there. Man, well, best of luck with that because I'm I excited. Mean, I love it. Yeah, dude. Obviously, we talked about it already at the beginning, but you're great at it. And uh, yeah, you definitely Thank have you. to be mobile in there for sure. You really do. Yeah. And like the little guys are the worst, man. Like I'm sweating by the time I'm getting out of there. I'm just like, Jesus, man. Yeah, like, yeah. Stop running me around. <laughs> trying to stay out of their way, but stay like <laughs> yeah. close enough to the yeah, action. Exactly. You got to be right there, but you got to be far enough away where you're out of the out of the spinning back kick. <laughs> yeah, that'll be good, man. I'll be there too, catch and content for Sam Rock. Beautiful, so should be beautiful, fun. beautiful. All right, John, I appreciate it again, brother. Dude, thank you so um, much. I really appreciate you coming in. I'm glad we finally hooked up. I know we've been talking back and forth for a long time. <laughs> hey, man, this is, this is what it's about, man. Yeah, I, I agree. I understand, so. Awesome. All right, everybody, until next time.